Good morning and welcome to New Fellowship Missionary Baptist Church, the place where love abides, where our pastors, Pastor Dontel Halls, and I am Deacon Terry with our Sunday School lesson for the day, which is Sunday, May 22nd, 2022. And our title is Spiritual Weapons. Our lesson text can be found in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 1 to 12, and verses 17 to 18. Our related scriptures can be found in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 1 to 16, and in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 to 18. Before I start, I'm just going to um, get a word of prayer in. Dear Gracious Eternally Heavenly Father, Lord, we come to you, Lord, this morning just asking for your word, Father God, to edify us, Father God, to change us, Father God, to convict us, Father God. And we also ask that if anyone in the sound of my voice, Father God, that they do not know you in the pardon of their sins, that they accept you, Lord, dear God, in all that you have to say through your word, that they accept Jesus Christ into their life. We ask for a covering in our church, for our pastor, for our members, for our health and our strength. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our golden text will be coming from 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and 5, and it reads as this, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Now, I'm going to read the introduction to you, and our introduction reads such as this. Have you ever been in a position where you felt like you were constantly defending your qualifications? Sometimes, no matter what you do, no matter your level of education, no matter how hard you've worked to show yourself approved, people still question you. That hurts on a personal level, but it can also damage your credibility. If you've ever been through this, you are presently going or you are presently going through something similar, then you can relate to how Paul endured criticism from the Corinthians. His qualifications as an apostle or leadership were called to question since he was not an impressive orator or philosopher like the ones who captured the Corinthians' admiration. In this week's lesson, he continues to defend his ministry, further establishing his divine appointment right to exercise authority in the church. Trusting in Christ, he continues to lead them. Um, before we get into the lesson scripture, um, I wanted to kind of comment and talk about the introduction first. I want us, as we read the lesson text, to ask ourselves which side of defense we fall into when it comes to this type of critis, critis, excuse me, criticism of leadership. Are we the person that is going through being criticized because of where we are, where God has appointed us or placed us? Um, and how we do our job, or if we're a leader of a church, if we are a manager, if we are an excellent student, if we are a leader in a home, um, what criticism we get. Or, or, or are we on the opposite of the pole? Are we the ones, even as believers or unbelievers, if you're listening, unbelievers, are you a person that judges the authority over you or someone that's in a position that you may have desired or wanted or someone doesn't do it the way you think it should be done or whatever. So I want us to kind of ask ourselves, where are we at in this type of position? Are we for or are we against? Are we going through and are we enduring? 
So the lesson text will be read by uh, Deaconess Cheryl. And hello, Cheryl. Good morning. Good morning. Okay. Good morning. See how we sound? Good morning. Okay. Could you please read our scripture lesson text, please? I'll be reading from 2 Corinthians 10, 1. Now I, Paul, myself, beseech you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, who am presence and base among you, but being absent and bold toward you. But I beseech you that I may not be bold when I am present with that confidence wherewith I think to be bold against some, which think of us as if we walked according to the flesh. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. And having a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Do ye look on things after the outward appearance? If any man trusts to himself that he is Christ, let him of himself think this again. That as he is Christ, even so are we Christ. For though I should boast somewhat more of our authority, which the Lord had given us for edification and not for our destruction, I should not be ashamed that I may not seem as if I would terrify you by letters. For his letters, say they, are weighty and powerful, but his bodily presence is weak and his speech contemptible. Let us let such and one think this, that such as we are in, the, in word by letters when we are absent, such will we be also indeed when we are present. For we dare not make ourselves of the number of or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves, but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are we are not wise. That's the end of 12. Now we're going to jump down to 17. But he that glorifieth, let him glory in the Lord. For not he that commended himself is approved, but whom the Lord commended. May the Lord and a blessing to the goodness word. Thank you, Sister Cheryl. You're welcome. So let's begin to get into our study lesson. We'll try to stay on subject as much as possible, but this particular topic can go so many different ways. Um, But first, we're going to look at how Paul deals with the Church of Corinthian in his um, opening letter. And I think it's very important that as as a person that God may have placed you in or myself in in any area of our life we we need to know how to address people as as leaders we we need to know how to handle 
what God has, has given us if you are a leader. And you see how Paul is very gentle and bold in Christ. That's the key word, in Christ. He's not acting on his own accord, but he's going through Christ. And he's, and he's dealing with those in this particular letter with a little bit of boldness, but also tainted with gentleness. And sometimes we have to learn how to balance those two. And we can only do that um, through Christ. So let's look at the beginning. I'll be reading from uh, another version of the word just to explain this thought. And it begins in uh, 10 uh, chapter, excuse me, 10 verse one. And it says, by the humility and the gentleness of Christ, I appeal to you. In other words, this is through God. I'm, I'm coming you through the humanity and the gentleness of Christ. I'm not coming to you on my own. I'm putting the Lord before me. That's his opening letter message. Then he says, I appeal to you. I, Paul, who am timid. But in the other verse of scripture, it says I, I'm base. So that just means um, I'm coming to you timid when face to face with you, but bold towards you when I'm away. That's what he's basically saying. Then he says, um, I beg you that when I come, I may not have to be as bold as I expect to be towards some people who think that we live by the standards of this world. And you notice he does not say everyone. He says some people because Paul, through Christ, understands that everyone doesn't feel the way that some do. You know, everybody doesn't feel the way the majority does or some the, the populace might at that particular time. So therefore, he, he makes it very sure and he makes it very clear that he says to some. And, and, and sometimes even when we're speaking to um, people, um, when you're in authority, you have to make sure that people understand this is not for for everyone or not for everybody. And also, we have to understand um, when we're followers to listen. If it doesn't pertain to you and you're not doing that, then don't worry about it. Sometimes and often we don't really listen to what's being said and we can assume different things about people because we really don't have an attentive ear to what they're saying, especially when we are in a judgment uh, position. Um, you know, sometimes you, you you hear it in different pastors and and uh, uh, of how when they have to give a word and there's been a change in their life. Um, and sometimes they can be uh, scrutinized by their family members, the people uh, that were close to them because they knew who they used to be. And for some reason, this particular person, even in Christ, cannot see what God has been doing in this particular individual and moving them towards. Or we sometimes have uh, the ability to judge a person that comes into church based on what we thought, what we heard, not what we know, not what we've experienced. And, and we forget that every one of us come through that church door the same way. I'm specifically talking about the church right now. We come through the door the same way. Sinners who are saved by grace, who are constantly, constantly trying 
to work on this thing called salvation. We're working out our own salvation, our own measure of faith. And even in our walk or our sanctification journey, we have the ability, even though we're not nowhere near where God would have us to be, because God said all have sinned and come short. We are still judging even in our move towards Christ. Someone can walk in the door, we look at their dress, we already make an assumption of this particular person. Um, we do it. We've done it. I've, I've done it. Um, I can be guilty of assuming things. And that's not what we're supposed to do as Christians. We're not supposed to do that. We're supposed to accept people. We're supposed to have a little bit of love, a little bit of patience, and, and guide and direct people through our words and through our actions. And we're not supposed to be in that position. But unfortunately, uh, some of us are. So as I continue to read in this letter, I'm going to drop down to three. And he says, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have a divine power to demolish strongholds. Listen to what he says. The weapons that we deal with have a divine power to tear down strongholds. You know, we're going to stop and pause right there. We're going to deal with this word stronghold. <clears throat> and, and basically, we're going to look at the word stronghold. Uh, uh, the Greek word uh, for stronghold means a fortification such as like in a castle. But um, in this uh, particular passage, the way Paul is using it, uh, Paul is kind of instructing the uh, church at Corinth how to fight and, and destroy uh, arguments um, and and the people's lofty opinion that was raised up was raised up against the knowledge of God. Um, in Second Corinthians ten uh, five, he says um, they do this not by using weapons of the world, but by the divine power. Lofty um, arguments and things of that nature when people go against you when you are doing what God says is a result of of pride or of uh, evil and vain imaginations, uh, the very strongholds in which uh, demons arise. Okay, so this is why he's begging the church. Well, he's not begging. Oh, he is. He's, I beseech. he's begging the church in a sense to bring their thoughts down, you know, and, and, and remember what the, um, excuse me, I cannot find my book. What did I do with my book? Okay, I'm so sorry, folks. And remember that um, our golden text was casting down imaginations. And every high thing that exalts itself against, keyword, against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So once you begin to get thoughts that you yourself may not be even aware of that are totally against someone, put the word of God up against that in the obedience of God and, and, and how to handle what you, dis what you disagree with. Um, a lot of times we get caught up in the messenger and not in the message. One of the things that I've tried to institute whenever I deal with anyone um, is I, I try to get past 
you know, sometimes we are offended by how people say things, you know. Um, so I try to look at it like this. Regardless of how they say it, I can deal with how it's said to me. But more importantly, is it the truth? So this is me dealing with that stronghold. Sometimes I don't like how people talk to me. But who am I to be offended? The Bible says a soft answer turns away wrath. So sometimes I can take that hit. Listen to what they say. Respond with a soft answer to change that person's tone. So I'm pulling down what that person gave me and and I'm reciprocating it back by using the word of God so that maybe that person can see that the way that they're coming off, they don't need to. So that's an example that I'm giving to you because he's talking about the strongholds. He's talking about the ability for us to allow things to come in that gives us, that will give us false judgment and false representation of the person that's in front of us in whatever capacity. And, and really, when we look at um, the other related scripture, um, when he talks about Ephesians 6, uh, chapter 6 and um, verses 18 and 10, Paul describes the resources that that, that uh, he makes to his followers in, in this particular verse of Christian, which is the armor of God. And, and remember his in his attitude and his humility towards the dependence that is available to ourselves. God gives us resources. And, and in Ephesians 6, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Wow. Therefore, take up the whole arm of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. Having done all, stand. One habit that we, that I believe that we need to develop is focusing on Ephesians 6. What I mean. How do you get dressed? Every morning, how do you get dressed? Yeah. Today is sunny. Today is rainy. It's cloudy. The first thing that you do is you look outside to see the conditions and the temperature and you dress accordingly. So let's, if we can, use our imagination. What is my weakness in my walk? How do I need to get dressed in the morning? Before I step out the door, as I wake up and get out of that bed, how do I need to get spiritually dressed so that I can go a long way and get victory over the devil and his scheme while we walk in the flesh we do not live in the flesh we do not war according to the flesh we can fight every 
spiritual battle with spiritual weapons, not fleshly weapons. If we focus on the resources of our weapons, that is our spiritual strength. And it can give us victory. No demonic stronghold, excuse me, I'm sorry, no demonic stronghold can stand or withstand prayer. We should be praying about the whole arm of God, battling with the word of God to empower us, our spirit, the way we think, the way we talk, the way we walk. Scripture is powerful. The golden text, once again, casting down imaginations of every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Are we putting on, are we getting dressed enough to deal with whatever, even though we're talking about and we're dealing with leadership, right? Someone placed in a position who's dealing with people who are not contrary, that are contrary to his position. And what does the first thing he does? He places God in front. He lets them know where he's coming from. So the one thing is God is not a man that he should lie. So when you have trouble with with people in leadership or you think you have trouble with people in leadership, maybe you have trouble with yourself. Maybe you have trouble with obedience. Maybe you have struggle with doing things the right way. We struggle. So let's take a look. Excuse me. And go to Ephesians chapter 6, if you will. And we're going to read what Paul is um, talking about in Ephesians chapter 6. Give me a second, guys. Because I'm doing this as we go. And I prefer that way sometimes. So, in Ephesians chapter 6, the arm of God. And if you look into... 610 it reads finally and I'm reading from a different version be strong in the Lord and in his power mighty power pull on the full armor of God so that you you can take your stand against the devil's schemes for your struggles is not against flesh but against the rulers against the authorities against the powers this of this dark world and against spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. Therefore, pull in the form of God so that when the evil day comes, you may be able to stand your ground. After you have done everything to stand, stand firm. Then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in its place, with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up your shield of faith which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet 
of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kindness of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for the Lord's people. Mm. Pray also for me that whenever I speak words may, that God gives to me, excuse me, excuse me, whenever I speak words may be given to me so that I will fiercely make known the mysteries of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fiercely, fearlessly as I should. That is Ephesians starting chapter 6 verses 10. Paul emphasizes how we are to deal, how we are to have our walk every day. I'm going to ask us, and whatever we do, whatever we're dealing with, do we get up in the morning and put on our armor? And the funny thing about this, not the funny thing about it, I don't to say Listen to what he's telling you. Towards the end, prayer. When is the last time you've prayed for leadership? Earnestly prayed for leadership. When is the last time you prayed for your following? When? Earnestly got down and said, I'm going to pray for the leadership of this church tonight. Tonight, I'm going to pray for this pastor. Tonight, I'm going to pray that God gives this person uh, wisdom and knowledge. I'm going to pray for my fellowship that I lay everything up against the word of God. That's what Paul is talking about. He's even asking you in Ephesians 6 to pray for him. Everything he did, he placed God before. The power of prayer has a definite effect on everything. The first thing the power of prayer does, it teaches us humility. We, 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 when we begin to pray for other people, for, especially for our enemies, it is a humbling effect. Have you prayed for that person in leadership that is just, once you stacked everything up, is just vile? Have you done something good towards that person? Or have you been fighting fire with fire for the weapons of our world? For the weapons of us, for our weapons are not cardinal. You cannot fight fire of this world with fire. Amen. You know, as I delve more into our weapons in Ephesians 6, if you look at almost every last one of those weapons that we should use are defense mechanisms. <laughs> I'm going to say this again, hoping you get this. Most of the weapons in the way Paul describes them are defense. They are to protect us. We have more protective weapons. If you, if you look at the weapons, there's only one that has an aggressive nature. 
And the one that has an aggressive nature is the sword. Outside of that, everything is to protect us. Wow, isn't that something? Which emphasizes that our walk, we are in constant attack because we have more defensive weapons than we do aggressive weapons. Hmm. That goes to tell you that this walk's not easy. Think about that. Most of them are defense mechanisms. Shield of faith, breastplate. All these things that we're putting on so that we don't get damaged. Put on your helmet of salvation. But the most powerful weapon, when you look at it, is an aggressive weapon. It's the sword of the spirit. The sword of the spirit. That is our aggressive, I'm going to use that word, aggressive protection. That is our offense. And the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Bring everything unto the submission of the word of God. And that's how you can remain an effective leader. And that's how you can remain an effective follower. So no matter what side of the fence you fall on, no matter if you're the criticizer or if you're the leader, utilize the armor of God. But more importantly, get into your word, not into your imagination. Get into your word, not into your feelings. It's not about your feelings. You know, there are some jobs that require you to get past your feelings in order to do the job effectively. It's not what you think. I'm using this again. It's not what you think. It is always what you know. Know the word of God. The sword of the spirit. It's God's word. That is your aggressive weapon against the enemy. That's amazing. Hey guys, I want to kind of look at um, verses uh, 13 to 15. Uh, these are some verses that weren't covered in our study lesson. Um, I want to kind of talk about them. Chapter 10, verses 13 to 15, where we look at Paul. Um, Paul understands or he sets his limits to his ministry. And Paul kind of understands what God's will is for him in the ministry setting. Um, None of us is called to do everything. There is a structure in leadership. There is a a structure in in followership. We all work for, for the good. We all work for the general cause, which is to expand Christ or to have other people accept Christ. We are to 
bring people into the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. That is the main purpose of the body. That's the main purpose of the church. Outside of that, it's always growth. It's always us moving closer and closer in our walk with God. But Paul sits right here in 13. He tells you of his limits or where God has him at. And he says in 13, we, however, will not boast beyond proper limits, but we will confine our our boasting to the sphere of service God himself has assigned to us, a sphere that also includes you. We are not going too far in our boasting as would be the case if we had not come to you. For we did get as far as you with the gospel of Christ. Neither do we go beyond our limits by boasting of the work done by others. Our hope is that as your faith continues to grow, your, your sphere of activity among you will greatly expand. Think about that. He's telling you what his limits are. He's telling you that he didn't get there by himself. He's also not taking credit for anything he didn't do. But he's also talking about growth, that you're, that you go beyond. So I'm just going to say this. No matter where you are, we're supposed to grow. No matter where you are, we're supposed to follow. We're supposed to bring everything under the submission of the word and the will of God so that we will know the truth. We need to wake up every morning and put on our, arm, our armor to protect us against all these, all this other nonsense that doesn't matter. When, when we are following Christ, it's God's word. That's the standard that we do everything with. That's the standard that I'm, that I'm striving for. I don't do it all the time. That's, that's, that's my walk. But everything has to come under the submission of God. What I say, what I do, how I think, how I respond, how I walk, how I talk. Because I'm going to be judged and because I'm under constant attack. We talked about that. Most of of those, that armor is protective because you're going to be under constant attack. But the one thing God gives you is his word. I pray that the word of God found you where you are. Father God, I just ask Lord today that we grow in your grace. That everything that I've said, Father God, if I've said anything, Lord, that God, that is not pleasing in your sight, that is out of content, Father God, I pray that, that all within the sound of my voice go back and read the scripture for themselves, Father God. Lord, I thank you for this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Be blessed.